listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. So Jeff, it is the end of March, and you know what that means. The end of the month always means what? What does it mean? You know, I've never given that any thought. What does the end of the month mean? It means it's time to break it down. This <laughs> is time for the brand breakdown, baby. We're doing brand breakdowns this week. Oh, I get excited. I, I I heard Michael Jackson music in my head as you you said that. It's time to break it down. <laughs> I was well, curious what a breakdown meant to you. I don't know what a breakdown means to me. I hear that song. I guess it's MC Hammer. That's, this shows how really out of touch we are, right? MC Hammer and Michael Jackson's what a breakdown means. Actually, the, the, the concept of a breakdown probably puts us out of touch just, just in general, breaking it down. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So we're doing a brand breakdown today. You want to introduce the firm we're breaking down because we, we used our generative AI produced algorithm to randomly identify this this brand. <laughs> I think we should do that next month. We should use Chad GBT to figure this one out. What brand should we break down and see what it throws at us? Oh, anyway. I like that idea. We didn't, that's not what we did, but I think that's what we should do. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. What would the prompt be? Did you hear, by the way, that so so Google released Bard, their AI thing, their AI chatbot, and apparently yeah. someone basically queried Bard and asked if Google should be broken up and Bard said yes. <laughs> I heard that on another podcast. That was, that was awesome. I don't know if it's really true or just urban legend, but all right. All right. So let's let's get to work here. So brand breakdown. We are breaking down a firm called West Advanced Technologies, Wadi for short, W-A-T-I dot com. IT services firm based out of California, focused on cybersecurity, mid-sized firm. I think there's maybe a hundred-ish employees. I'm talking about right? Yeah, that's what it looks like on LinkedIn, although their self-professed numbers are 50% higher than that. It's kind of hard to gauge. Okay. But it was in that, it was in the size band of 50 to 249 was basically where we pulled it. So not from chat GPT, although I think that's what we should think we should. All right. IT services for focusing on cybersecurity. Just refresher for listeners. This is our third brand breakdown. We've done two other firms so far this year. It's a six-point analysis that looks at positioning, intellectual capital, solutions architecture, firm personality, brand identity, which we largely chunk around look and feel and you know, visual stuff, and then employer brands. So that's the six points of the analysis. That is six, right? One, two, three four, five, six. Yeah. And it's a total of a hundred points, scale of one to five on, I think there's probably 20 dimensions, obviously. Right. And we, and we break each of those sections down. Each section's a little weighted differently. So positioning is like 20% of the analysis personality is 10%. So there's like different breakdowns of that based on what we think is sort of most important and sort of a, the go-to-market strategy. So, all right, that's the quick refresher. So let's start at the top there, positioning. So Wadi, West Advanced Technologies. What did you think of the positioning? I just need to get this off my chest before we <laughs> jump in. You've been and thinking I, a lot about this. I apologize to the people of Wadi. This one was painful to do. I don't know why you chose it. Oh, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bart chose it. It said, it said <laughs> break, break up Google and, and analyze Wadi. No, I don't know. It was random. It was random. It was random. But I think Wadi kind of illustrates what I see a lot in the IT consulting space. And I don't know why firms market like this, but it's just bad. If you want to learn how not to market a consulting firm, I think this 
provides a lot of examples of what not to do. It's not to say that they don't do some things well, but I think overall, this was just painful to do. There were definitely some highlights, but I don't want to be too, like you said, I don't want to be too on a breakdown, make it a teardown. I don't want to do that. I think there's some highlights. I think on the positioning front, the first thing that I found really kind of disconnecting, and I think it's a mistake to some extent. Well, first off, there's no there's no real positioning statement or positioning language on the homepage. The most important real estate of the web property doesn't really have like a clear positioning statement that says this is you know who Wadi serves and this is our value proposition. It does have a claim, I guess. It has one message. It says uh, there's a there's a carousel, which we're not going to do a web analysis, but carousels need to go away. But there's a carousel on the homepage. And there's one thing that says since 1998, providing government solutions. So it's clear that they're a government contractor, an IT services firm focused on government contracting. But then you scroll down the page a little bit and they break that like right away. So it says who we serve, <laughs> state, local governments, banking and finance, technology, and ISV. So like everything about the messaging and communications like feels directed towards governments, except for this decision on the homepage to basically widen the positioning out to you know, a couple of other sectors. I, and I think that ends up plaguing it a little bit as you go through things. You see times when you can see a conscious choice to widen the language away from government to other areas so that they can speak to a, a wider audience. And it just feels like, but everything's sort of leading you to believe that this firm should be focused solely on government and should direct itself that way based on just sort of what I'm seeing anyway in, in, in an hour's worth of analysis. So that was sort of my take. I don't know if you agree with that or disagree with that. I think that's spot on. I was hit in the face with, we are government, state and local government and law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. It actually is built into the menu structure of that. Yeah. And it, it, it stayed with me throughout, like wherever I saw it, I was like, okay, this firm specializes in government. There was nothing else, government, 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 government. And then when I went through the rest of the site, there was nothing that really reinforce that at all. So it was, it was really weird the way I, I was left with that strong impression that that's where they specialize, but nothing reinforced it at all. Yeah. Say maybe one page where they listed some clients or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or I think there's, they list all their contracting vehicles, maybe on their about page, sort of like all the different levels of government in which they're approved, you know, IDIQ contractors or those types of things. It's pretty impressive. I mean, it's a pretty long list. So obviously they've been successful at being a resource for government at multiple levels, especially within California, because this California-based firm. Let's just jump ahead to the intellectual capital piece, like the point of view mm-hmm. stuff. Because I think that's actually to build on what you said, what kind of struck me was that I would, for me anyway, I actually thought it was pretty clear when I scanned through the resources library, which in and of itself is sort of buried. There's like a blog, but it's not in the primary nav. It's in the, it's like tucked under companies. So it's like, it's really hard to find. So clearly they're not leading with thought leadership and their marketing efforts. But actually it was pretty clear to me, like what topics they wanted to own. It was like, everything was about either cybersecurity or technology enabled law. So it was like, those are the two things that jumped out. So to your point, it's like, you got the sense that that's really where their focus is as a firm in terms of where they were putting their time and energy is in those two areas. I think where it sort of fell down was like, I didn't think that the thought leadership was necessarily all that good once I drilled into it. The technology enabled law enforcement, there was articles, they have this product called Beagle, which is some kind of crime technology. I don't know much of exact crime analytics technology. The headlines were like interesting. Like they would grab my attention. I'd be like, oh, that sounds like really good stuff. Like it sounds like something that if I were in in crime enforcement, I'd want to read. I'll find an example. 
you know, challenges in law enforcement resolve with technology. Man, that's a good headline. It draws me in. Like I want to understand, you know, how collaboration is crucial for efficient investigations. It sounds like super spot on, but then when I drilled into it, it's like there was like one paragraph that kind of like talked to it, and then it kind of did a quick left turn push to a product message. Took me right to this Beagle product they have. So it was like I wanted a lot more than they were giving me. I wanted them to give me like this like great perspective on that. Instead, it was just like eh, left hand turn. Check out this product we have that solves that. And maybe it does. I don't know. But that was my two bits on that. The biggest minister. <laughs> I, I can see a much more critical analysis coming than what I gave. <laughs> I think the this was a huge miss opportunity for this firm. Because I, it was clear they were focused on governments and law enforcement out of the gate. And then it just completely collapsed in terms of the thinking and the point of view and the services. It almost seemed to me that this website was written by chat GPT. <laughs> the, the, the writing was, particularly on the cybersecurity services, thorough. There was a lots of information on cybersecurity, and I was I was left with the impression this is a cybersecurity firm. I was not left with the impression that this was a cybersecurity firm that specialized in government. I was not mm. left yeah, with fair. a feeling that this was a firm that provided consulting for governments. The writing was incredibly generic. They never provide any specific examples in their blogs or anywhere else that would speak to the specific needs of a government. And the topics were just incredibly generic, all managed service providers or MDRs or, you know, and name your kind of consulting discipline, you know, talking about password security and phishing and keeping your data safe, those types of things. They were just incredibly generic. They didn't talk about what does phishing look like that is attacking state and local governments or how yep. are law enforcement's attacked you know, from a malware perspective and how do, you know, local municipalities keep their data safe. None of that came out. And to me, that that would have been a pretty easy step that would have elevated this firm to a whole new level in specializing in this market. I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head, like squarely in the sense of like a lot of the stuff felt like it was good for any consumer anywhere to understand like how, what's fishing and, and how do I deal with it as a person. But to your point, like take it up a level and say, okay, if you're the head of technology for a municipal government in a community of a couple hundred thousand people, what should you be doing to protect your org from phishing attacks? How do you help your people? It's like everything needs to just kind of go up a level to the buyer who will I don't know exactly the buyers. We didn't talk about that, but it, it does feel like you know an IT decision maker in a state or local government primarily, and so it doesn't feel like they really speak to their needs directly as much as they could. So yeah, I, th I think your analysis is 100% correct, and I like the way you call it a just a missed opportunity because it's like if they took that next level up and focused in on that ideal client profile, the expertise is probably or clearly there. I mean, they're doing this work. They've got a pretty good client roster from what you can see, right? So like they're clearly doing this work. They're not really writing or talking. I don't think. One of the other takeaways that 
you mentioned the the client roster. My sense was that this firm has had some success in California. They apparently got a good contract with some, I, I think it might've been LA, and were able to spin that out to some other engagements within the state. They had some relationships with Sacramento and uh, I can't remember the other California municipalities. And then they had one, I want to say it was Maryland and one other state. But it to me, it wasn't clear that they've taken this kind of core competence around state and local governments and were able to take it beyond just a local geography. I think that's another missed opportunity for them from a marketing perspective, both in the services, but also in the thought leadership, the lessons learned. I mean, if you're going to get a state, California is probably one of the best states to get because it's a complex, huge state. And you should be able to spin that out, I think, pretty effectively and penetrate other states with those results, you know, in your resume. Yeah. Or even like, I don't even know if you have to go to other states. I mean, California is a gigantic market. I mean, I mean, they could, if they're working local government, it looks like they do a lot of that work. They could probably just spread across whole portions of local and regional government within California for a very long time. Fair point. I, I don't disagree with you. And maybe it's on the roadmap, right? Maybe it's like, you know, that those wins in Maryland and Arizona, I see, uh, you know, are like stepping stones to to a much larger geographic expansion or something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, let's shift gears. Let's go to solutions architecture because you actually were a little more kind than I was on this. I'd be curious to see what you saw there that you liked. <laughs> this is where I actually thought was probably their their biggest challenge was structuring what they provide and, and how they do it. I wanted to be nice. So I was a little lenient on this front. I thought their solution architecture was weak and confusing. Although I thought their cybersecurity service structure was pretty solid. They did a nice job with that. But they had this really weird structure where they had cybersecurity, then they had consulting, but consulting was nothing more than staff augmentation. Yeah. Which I I thought was weird. It was it was almost like they had renamed a page or eliminated some pages and didn't update the menu structure. I thought that was really weird and and confusing. And then they had products. And, and Beagle seems to be the the one that they're trying to push. It's kind of a integration platform across all the databases that law enforcement would use. I found it a little distracting. It, it just seemed weird the way they positioned that. And then they had this this category called CX solutions, which was a series of of call center related stuff. Uh-huh. which I thought was was really weird. And when I got to that one, I'm like, okay, what is this firm? Is it a cybersecurity firm? Is it a call center staff augmentation? Is it an MSP? It was just all over the place. There was no kind of continuity to the solution set. And I really didn't see how it all kind of fit together. It was like, uh-huh. yeah, let's do some of that and let's do some of this. And, and the menu structure made it even look like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I in, in utter simplicity, well, first off, I, I agree with everything you said. And I actually think you were even more are sort of articulate in, in, in this notion of like, you couldn't figure out what the firm is. And it was that the solution architecture reinforced that. I think that's a really, really astute point. I saw it as like very wide 
meaning that, okay, so there's, there's like seven points on this nav structure for the website, right? And five of those are product or service related. So basically like you've stretched it all out. You've got a whole section on cybersecurity, a whole section on CX, then you've got a whole section on Gov, a, whole, a page on consulting, a whole section on products. So they've actually got like five different ways to explain what they're selling. And it just seems like that's too much. Like, you know, you have a limited real amount of real estate in that nav and it doesn't seem like you should require using up almost the whole thing to basically like try to organize your products and services. You should be able to do that. In fact, some of them have redundancy on them. So there's like, you know, which as something that I, you know, as a, somebody who's done a lot of web work over the years, that's one thing we always try to get clients to never do, right? Like you don't want to have in the primary nav things that are going to multiple clickable things that are taking you to the same place. Like that's just like, that's kind of a user experience mistake. And so that's, that gets people really confused. So that's a mistake. And it just seems to me like that needs to be just simplified and cleaned up. Like you said, it's like just simplify it so that it's, it's clearer what this firm is in terms of how it goes to market. So, all right, what's, what's, hey, what's, what's hey, keep I moving. wanted to point out yeah. another, because I thought it, you made a good point there. They had the two products, the iRadar and, and Beagle that were kind of thrown in like you described there, but they had other products that they listed on LinkedIn. Well, I didn't see that. And that, and there was like this real inconsistency. What they said they did on LinkedIn and the solutions they provided shared very little overlap with what was oh, really? on the website. So I'm like, which one of these firms is the real Wadi? Yeah. Again, on LinkedIn, for example, I felt like the firm descriptor was written by chat GPT, but I don't know if LinkedIn is the aspirational Wadi and the website is the actual Wadi and the website just needs an update, but they can't afford to update it right yeah, now. Or, or you're seeing two points in time, right? You're seeing, you know, one circa 2023, one circa 2020 or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't catch that. So that's, that's really a stupid point. There's something else I want to say about what you just said that I thought was really interesting. Oh, was that it, it just seems like, you know, maybe lessons learned here. It's like uh, on this part of this half of the discussion, it's like, Clarity, simplicity, and consistency, right? Like those are the three most important things that you're trying to deliver inside of positioning and solutions architecture and intellectual capital. It's like if you can get those three things down, that that's a huge lift for your marketing effort, right? Anyway, move along. I'm going to repeat myself. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy, Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. Let's go to, you know, point four of the six-point structure. Personality, what was your takeaway here? I think both of us were pretty underwhelmed on this front. I've said it several times already. I, I felt like the site was written by chat GPT. It sounded robotic. It didn't connect on a personal level in, in any way. It just, it, it seemed kind of stilted, poor sentence structure, poor. It, it just, it just didn't seem like a strong, intelligent, confident, thought-provoking firm. Yeah. It just seemed incredibly generic. It struck me as, you know, 
kind of, you know, we're just this a, a, kind of a staff augmentation firm. Call us if you need some bodies or something. I mean, it just, it didn't draw me in at all. Yeah, I couldn't actually describe a tone of it. That there really was nothing to describe. Everything, like you said, I agree, was, was very flat. There was, there was a phrase I saw popping up a couple of times that I just, I want to call out as one that I, I, I think firms should be very careful of language like this. Wadi has a 100% successful track record in building and deploying citizen and employee facing applications. And then it goes on. First off, there, there's a grammatical error in that sentence. So to your point of like feeling it was read, written by Chad GPT is a real thing. But 100%. So like, I think it's just a little bit, every client's going to kind of like red flag goes up. Like, wait a minute, 100% success? Like that just that doesn't jive with reality for virtually anything. I don't care what I'm buying. If I'm going to McDonald's and getting a cheeseburger, every once in a while, they're going to get the cheeseburger wrong. <laughs> Look, right. these are. That's human nature, right? So I think it, that popped up three or four times where it was like 100%, 100%, 100%. And I just be careful of claims that seem ridiculous because that's how buyers are going to going to interpret that, even if they're real. I mean, even if they're real claims, it's, you got to be careful of that. So That one jumped yeah. out at me as, as well. I think that was a, a good catch. Always hesitate using those types of statistics yeah. for the for the exact reason that you say they they leave i don't know what's the impression prove it to me and it's yeah. almost like a buyer is looking for a reason to find out that they really weren't happy it's funny it comes back to like our conversation with fred reichel right like it's like well you know a little bit in the sense of like if you're measuring customer satisfaction and you're using the net promoter system and you have a, a ridiculously high number, then and I have, one of our clients has this situation and we talked about it a lot. He was on this podcast, as a matter of fact. They have a, a net promoter score that's in the high 90s. It sort of seems absurd. And he's like, nobody believes it when we tell them to it. They say it's ridiculous. But when you look at kind of like the, the breakdown of the firm and you look at like the way their clients speak about them, you can understand why they have it because their clients do all in love with them. Like, it's a, it's a pretty phenomenal thing. So, but yeah, losing track of it. All right, let's talk about personality before we run out of time. Here's a personality employer brand left to cover off. You were even harsher than I was on this one, I guess, but I, I think the analysis is, is similar. So you want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first. Okay. Let me tell you about what I liked. Actually, I kind of like the logo. I kind of like the little, the little mark they have. They have this little mark that's kind of looks like a W with like a little cell phone signal on top of it. And I don't know exactly what it means or how it relates to anything, but I visual I guess just visually I found it sort of interesting. Like I didn't really I just kinda liked it. I just kinda thought, oh, it has kind of a nice feel to it. So that's what I liked. I don't know exactly what it's trying to evoke or how it relates to the strategy of the firm, other than just like it feels like it does sort of feel like a government technology contractor to me. Like it sort of felt right. But then after that, everything else is just, you know, just a collection of stock photography and real basic font choices and color choices and there's really nothing that makes anything particularly unique. Everything just feels unremarkable except for that one thing. So it's like, I just feel like it's like if they could do a little bit more with that one thing that actually seems like it's got some potential legs visually that they may be able to create something off that, but they're just not doing that right now. Yeah. If you're going after state and local governments and law enforcement, you'd think you'd have some imagery that plays off of those those industries. Yeah, fair point. And, and save some, I, I think there was one picture of a colonnade that would made you think of like maybe the Supreme Court or or something. There was no imagery that that reinforced that, that market segmentation. 
it was in incredibly generic. As I was, you know, perusing the website, <laughs> I had this thought, you know, knock, knock, it's the 90s. I want my website back. <laughs> it just seemed so outdated and so incredibly text heavy. Like I said, I think there was some really good stuff in the cybersecurity area, but just formatting it in for readability and flow and interconnectedness, I, I just think they have some things to build on, but they need to probably start over. Yeah, I agree. Your 90s thing, I, I, I mentioned the carousel. They have a five-point carousel on the homepage that sort of just been proven time and time again to be like pretty much the worst thing you can do on a web page is to introduce a carousel. They did, they're, they're super ineffective, yet they still kind of manage to live on. And usually I always come back to it's when a firm just doesn't know what they want to say. They have no idea what to say. So the design solution is, well, let's just put a carousel in there and then we can change it and put whatever we want there. So they just don't have an idea what they want to say. <laughs> that, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. We don't know what we, we want to say, so let's play with some of these things. <laughs> yeah. And nobody gets beyond the second carousel, so all oh. of that testing doesn't really matter. doesn't really matter. But to your point, you know, it's funny because your point, I'm sure you've heard this before. It's one of my favorite phrases in all of professional services. Well, you know, it's really hard for us to say what we do. Let me tell you what we don't do. I'm sure you've bumped into those <laughs> firms, right? <laughs> You just kind of shake your head because you're like, well, see that there's your problem, right? <laughs> they, that needs to stop coming out of your mouth because we can't be going to the market like that. Before we wrap and go to employer brand, I want to ask you a question because in that five-point carousel, they have a thing on there that says, Wadi receives ISO 27001-2013 certification, read more. I guess I'm just curious, like in your experience, how valuable was that when a firm gets ISO certification to talk about that? Is that meaningful to clients? Like, I'd just love to hear you talk about it because I've always sort of dismissed it as not being all that important from a value proposition, but maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to hear you say, Jason, you're wrong. Hmm. Well, I, I can't speak specifically to any given certification, but I do believe certifications generally are important for a couple of reasons. One, some risk management functions within companies and procurement are going to require those types of certifications in order to work with the organization. And it can demonstrate that you understand, you know, various methodologies that are industry standards or best practices. That's one. Two, we know that professional services at this point and in the differentiation of professional services at this point is a game of millimeters. And oftentimes when buyers are trying to separate firms, particularly early on, certifications like that can be really important. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're going to have this. They obviously have some operating discipline. They have this, you know, procurement needs it. And it speaks to a, d a demonstration of a particular type of expertise. So I think it's important, but I don't think it really differentiates firms at the highest level. So it's a millimeter at best is what you're kind of saying. You, I think I, you use that phrase differentiation as in millimeters at this point, something along those lines. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Cause it's something that I, I've seen come up a time and again, and I, and I always just kind of don't know what to do with it. I'm like, ah, I don't know how important that is. I often sort of dismiss it and kind of go back to like other elements of value creation for the client. 
All right, let's talk about employer brand and then we'll wrap, but I'll let you kind of share what you uncovered, if anything, there. So this, to me, might be one of the strengths of this firm, although I can't conclude that. My sense is that there's good leadership here that the CEO is liked. I watched a couple of videos where he was presenting and he has likability to him. The glass door seemed to to represent that as well. Maybe there's some good stuff going on there culturally. The only complaint seemed to be around the benefits. (laughs) Oh, employee benefits. Complaint that was the most common is they need a new healthcare provider. So I don't know what that was about, but generally people liked the firm and enjoyed working there and felt like it was a good environment. One of the things that did jump out at me, when you look at their careers page on the website, they have a huge number of roles that they are hiring for. I mean, tens, maybe a hundred roles. And it, it made me think, wow, is this a firm that's going through some serious growth right now? And the roles were across uh, the gamut of technical skills. But when you looked on, on LinkedIn and you looked at the careers, they only had five jobs listed. And I thought there was an incredible disconnect there. And when you looked on Glassdoor, there wasn't a lot of information around interviewing or job availability there either. And it just seemed really an odd disconnect, again, between the website and what was occurring, you know, in the social media world. So actually, Jeff, I didn't catch any of that. So I'm really glad that you found it because it's really interesting because it makes me kind of wonder if maybe some of what we're seeing is a firm, maybe the firm's in a high growth mode and some of the stuff we're talking about is sort of falling by the wayside, right? It's like, it's it's just not a thought right now because they're so focused on trying to keep up with, with rapid growth you know, through clients and project work, and maybe it's a very sales-driven firm. And, and so the, the marketing front is being a little bit neglected at the moment as a result. But so it gives you a little bit of a, a sense of, of positivity there. But yeah, you're right. I'm on that job listing right now, and I can't get to the end of it, no matter how hard I try. So, and, and some of them were posted two, three years ago. So it's possible that they're not, <laughs> they're not live anymore. But um, yeah, anyway. I went two or three pages deep in, in just, you know, 30 days or less. Really? Yeah. yeah, but it's interesting that, there's the, that that's not showing up elsewhere. So like you said, it's a pretty big disconnect. It kind of makes you go, hmm, what's going on? All right, well, let's take it to wrap. So let's do a, a quick, you know, score summary. So uh, my total score for them was a 40 out of 100. And I think your total score was a 44 out of 100. Pretty poor marks kind of on multiple dimensions. I think we did a pretty good job of explaining kind of where there's probably some opportunities to, to get better. But definitely in terms of the breakdowns we've done so far, I, I have it, it, it did perform the worst. So, but I do I feel, like, ba- you know. I feel bad about the analysis and, and I, I, I just bring this bias because I see this among IT consulting firms so often. And I just want to say to them, stop, stop doing this. <laughs> it, it, it is hard to be critical and no one likes to hear it if you're on the receiving end of it. So if the, the marketing team or the leadership team listens to this and, and feelings are hurt, we certainly did, don't intend to hurt feelings. We, we, we intend to provide criticism and learning for everyone involved. So, But I do think that there are good things going on in this firm, clearly. And there's a lot of stuff that can be built on, but I just don't think it's it's they've realized those opportunities yet, at least from a marketing perspective. So 
pretty yeah, much it. So, so I think the bottom line is simplify the solution architecture. Be clear about where you're focused from a segment perspective. Take your thought leadership in that direction specifically and do a brand update. That's a phrase I never thought I'd hear come out of your mouth. <laughs> the anti anti brand investment guy, right? So Yeah. All right. Well let's let's wrap it up. We'll be back next week. I don't remember what's on the editorial calendar, so I'm not gonna tease. I'm not sure. All right, buddy. Good, Good. conversation. Yeah, it was great. See ya. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, oh.